What's up, Rhythm Church? Welcome to Church Online. I'm Jeff. Uh, I'm the pastor here, and this is... I am Aaron. I am Jeff's wife. And we just... Yes, that's a good thing. <laughs> Some people get excited. I get excited. When I talk. 100%. Yeah. 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 Oh. I'm just going to wow. sit down. Wow. And I'm going to stay up here forever. Do it, babe. Mm. Listen, church, we are so thankful that you have joined us today. We feel the love through the screen from one place to the next. Wherever you're joining from. That's right. Because we've got, I mean, of course, all over San Diego, West Coast. We've got people up in Washington that tune in. Every, we got people in Pennsylvania. we got people in Las Vegas, Nevada. Michigan, out in Traverse City, Michigan. Coming from all the corners of the earth. That's right. Or the United States. Or the United States. Uh, I'm hey, just prophesying. There you go. Pro- yeah, prophesy, I'm speaking prophet. it out. There we go. Corners of the earth. Um, hey, uh, we just want to let you know, too, that as you're, I'm sure you're watching on YouTube right now, or maybe you're tuning in on Facebook, but if you go to MyRhythmChurch.com, we've got stuff for kids ministry on there. We have a whole Sunday online service for you. So we've got stuff for kids. We've got stuff for Connect cards. If you want to let us know what's going on in your life, we've got prayer requests. We have stuff for next steps. If you'd like to maybe join a team for when you're comfortable to come back and gather in person, um, we've got uh, places, to, we've got a, a, a uh, link to give so you can give and help support. And I just got to say, church, um, your giving throughout this last season has been amazing, and it's allowed us to do so much as a church. For one, it's it's allowed us to keep paying our, our lease payments. Praise <laughs> so the Lord. Yeah. So we were able to keep a building. Um, but throughout this time, we've fed hundreds of people throughout our community. Um, we've fed uh, tons of families actually across the border in Mexico where it was hit there too. Um, and then also just like there's single moms that you guys have impacted all, you've helped people out with car trouble, all because of your faithful giving. So if you'd like to click and give, that'd be awesome. Help us continue to support the mission and vision of Rhythm Church. Um, it's Fourth of July was yesterday, and um, sure it was. Yep. And um, okay. And then, uh, <laughs> so Fourth of July yesterday. Well, it will be yesterday when you're watching this. It's yesterday. Um, and what everyone is knowing, wants to know, babe, I mean, it's blowing up all, like it's trending on Twitter right now, for those of you guys who are Twitter people. Um, it's trending on Twitter. There's hashtags all over Instagram. They want to know, what is your favorite 4th of July memory? My favorite 4th of July memory. Um, so this is what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, weren't we? That... Uh, yeah. um, When I was a kid, I loved fireworks, and my parents were very simple people, and I don't mean that in a a mean way, but they weren't into the fireworks. Right, That wasn't really a big deal. For sure, yep. And so they would get a, a little package for us on the 4th of July just because they had five kids, and we would not stop bugging them for fireworks. And they always came home with, like, the $9 package, which was, like, sparklers and some some ground bloom flowers. So one year I went with my mom. Because also, too, like, your your parents were... This is my memory. (laughs) No, go. I I actually want to hear what you say. Just put me in my place, baby. No, I was going to say, like, like your parents, like you said, your parents were simple, but really it was like they just didn't have a lot of money. Like everything was, was... okay, sorry. Right. Yeah. Well, and that wasn't something super important to them. Exactly. And they were probably also afraid of like burning the world down. But 
One year I went with my mom and I talked her into like the $29 package. Ooh. And that was my favorite 4th of July. Because you had more fireworks. We did have more fireworks. And I kind of got my way, which never happened in my family. So, good memory. Oh, good memories. Oh, okay, well, I love you, baby. Oh, am I all done? Well, if you want to be, do you want more? Okay. Mm, that's, that's the favorite part of the service right there. You should just do that over and over and over again. All right. Hey, uh, please turn with me to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation. We are in our comeback season collection of talks. Book of Revelation, chapter number two. We're going to read verses 18 through 29. 18 through 29. Uh, if you're new to your Bible, the easiest way to find the book of Revelation is just to turn to the very back of the Bible. The very back of the Bible is uh, the book of Revelation. the last bi- book in the whole Bible. Um, Again, we're going to be in chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. If you've missed uh, any of the last couple of weeks, you can actually catch up on our YouTube, which you're probably watching on right now, or you can also just go to MyRhythmChurch.com and watch from there too. The first week, we kind of get into a little bit about the book of Revelation and what it means, and then now we're actually going through as Jesus is speaking to each of these seven churches. And we are, this is week four now. This is crazy. All right, week, week four. We're in it. Okay. All right, Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not, say hold on. Okay, all right, here we we go. Now, um, again, last week we we had a little bit in in chapter uh, 1, and this is where John, the author of Revelation, is telling us what Jesus looked like. And he talks about his, his, uh, his eyes are like fire, his hair is like, you know, white, white as snow, his feet are bronze glowing in a furnace, his voice is like the sound of rushing waters, just super powerful. So listen, because it ties in here. Here he goes. To the angel of the church in Theatria, write, these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and, you, and that you're doing more now than you did at first. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches the hearts and the minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to you, the rest of you in Theatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets... I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on, or uh, uh, the way it says it in um, another translation, except to hold fast. Hold fast to what, you have, to what you have until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over nations. The one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from the Father. I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Uh, Today, I just want to speak briefly on this uh, idea of hold fast to his voice. 
hold fast to his voice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that we get to gather in this place, and thank you that we get to gather in our, our houses and living rooms and wherever we're watching from. We just ask now that you would invade each of our spaces. God, that you would just make yourself so known to us that you would speak to our hearts and to our minds, encourage us and convict us. But Lord, ultimately, at the very end of this message, we just want to feel nearer to you, closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen, amen. So um, this week has been, it's a good week. I've got my sister-in-law and my nephew. My sister-in-law is actually here today with us. So she's been, she and, and her son, Escher, my nephew, um, they've been staying with us. And we absolutely, so my wife has a, a big family, like she just talked about. But her and her sister, Megan, are extremely close. Megan and I have been really good friends for a long, long time. Um, as a matter of fact, I owe my marriage to my wife, to Megan, my sister-in-law. Without Megan in my life, I would not have connected with Aaron, and I would not be the happy married man, father of three that I am. But the interesting thing was is that, so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of history on, on my wife and I and our dating and pre-dating and all that stuff. So um, the year was 1999, when people would call each other on a home phone, on a landline, people. And I would call up, I'd be calling uh, the Clancy household to talk to Megan because we were buddies and, you know, it was always like, hey, what's going on? Like, where are people going to go hang out? And so I would call to talk to Megan. And, um, and sometimes Aaron would answer the phone, except I would not know that it was Aaron because Aaron and Megan are what you call voice twins, complete voice twins. So I would be talking to who I thought was Megan. It turns out it was just Aaron. And Aaron eventually would be like, oh, hey, do you want to talk to my sister, Megan? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, cool. But one of the things that's really interesting here is that um, Aaron had such a, I don't want to say crush, infatuation, whatever you'd want to call it with me, that whenever I would call, she, would, she wouldn't let me know that it wasn't Megan. She would stick on that phone for as long as she could. Mm -hmm. That's what she would do. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell apart. And I didn't want to be the one to ask, like, hey, wait, is this Aaron or is this Megan? But after a while, people, after a while, this is how good she is. After a while, I, I, I found myself, when I'd call, wanting it, wanting it, like desiring it to be Aaron who would pick up and talk to me. Yeah. You're so sweet, baby. I love you. But anyways, so, <clears throat> so like, they, like, I kid you not, they are voice twins, identical they're not twins at birth. They're just voice twins. Um, a couple years ago, we, we went up. Um, I went up because India was running up in Washington, and Aaron stayed home, and Megan came and, and watched India run cross country at this uh, meet. Meet. I was gonna call it a tournament. Meet. Uh, meet up there. And the interesting thing is, is that in the you know, because I insta story everything, especially when she runs. Like I just cheerlead for my girl, and so I'm screaming for India, and you can hear Megan in the background screaming for India too. But it sounds just like Aaron. And India goes after she she finished the race. She goes. She goes, it was awesome having Megan there because it was just like mom was yelling for me the whole time. Voice twins, voice twins. They sound so much alike. But I have learned, people, I have learned to be able to discern the difference between Megan and Aaron. That's because of years of intent listening to my wife. <laughs> years of intent listening. Right now, the church, the, church in this, the church in this city that Jesus is dealing with right here is he's actually dealing with them because they've been listening to a different voice. They've been listening to a voice who says it's from God but is not from God. 
who says it's from Jesus, but is not from Jesus. There had been listening to a voice of a false prophet, of a prophetess named Jezebel. Now, the name Jezebel, they're actually tying into Old Testament, and who is one of the most evil people, like one of the most evil, like, like villains, I guess you could say, in the Old Testament was Jezebel. And so maybe this woman's name really was Jezebel, but more than likely there's just making this connection there that this, this woman is very evil, especially because she's an imposter. Again, like we talked about last week, she's a counterfeit. She's trying to pose as somebody who speaks for and speaks the words of God. Because here's the deal is God does want to speak to us. And God does speak to us. God speaks to us all the time. It's just a lot of times we aren't listening. And he speaks to us in a language that we can understand. I know sometimes we think that, like, you know, God's going to speak these grand words and it's going to be kind of hard to dial in. But this, actually, this city here is, the, it's known as the, the, the least of the seven cities that Jesus addresses. It's the least of the seven cities. It's a, it's a city that's full of just workers, it's like these are just labor people. These are labor, they're laborers. They're, they, they're part of guilds and unions, and this is what they do. So it isn't like a super intellectual city like we read about last week. It's not an incredibly wealthy city. No, this is like very blue, it's a very blue-collar city. And more than likely what they do is, is they probably manufacture, they probably make a lot of idols, a lot of idols that are sold to all the other cities for all the other false god worship, pagan worship. And so when Jesus says, hey, I'm coming to you, eyes like fire. See, they understand fire because of having to, like, melt metals and do all that stuff with, uh, with feet of burnished bronze. Again, they would work with bronze. He's speaking to them in a language that they can understand. He's speaking to them in pictures that they get, that they get. That's how God wants to communicate with us. He will speak to us in a way that we can understand, in a way that we get, he speaks to us in visions. He speaks to us in dreams. He speaks to us in invading thoughts. Sometimes it is an audible voice. Sometimes it, he speaks to us through other people. He does, he, does, he does speak to us. We just have to learn to discern when it's his voice or not. We have to learn to discern when it's his voice or not. It means that this, this is some ways we can do this. We can check it. When we feel like we've heard from God on something, we simply need to check it in Scripture. Can it be found in scripture, can the idea that he's placing within our, our hearts, can it be found in his word? Because he will never contradict his word. Um, we, we can do so by asking wise counsel around us, other believers in our lives who, who have maybe walked with the Lord longer, or maybe have heard from the Lord, and you've seen fruit in their life of this, and you connect with them, and you say, hey, this is what I believe God is speaking to me. What, what, what do you think? What do you think? And then if he's given you a directive, if he's given you a directive, well, here's something simple. Try it. Try it. Like, I, I, if, if, it's, if it's like a heavy decision, maybe not try. Maybe go through the wise counsel. Maybe pray on it for a long time. Like, if he's telling you to quit your job, which, side note, I feel like he told me to do one time, so I did. It was not the word of the Lord. But because I was, like, newly married, and my wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, the Lord told me to quit my job. She's like, you should probably have tested and weighed that word a little bit better, Jeff. But, um, <clears throat> but, it, but if it's something like that, then maybe, like, test and pray. But if it's something as simple as, like, like, you know, you, you give the invading thought of, like, you need to go pray for this person. You need to let them know that God loves them and everything's going to be okay. Try it. See what happens. And when you come up to him, you say, hey, I just feel like the Lord says I'm supposed to pray for you, that he loves you, and everything's going to be okay. And it, watch what happens. Watch what happens. Because he does. He, he speaks to us. As a matter of fact, it says in John chapter 10, verse 4, that he goes, he goes you're my sheep, and my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. But we have to learn to, to know his voice. We have to, man, we, 
again, again, this is this is the crazy thing because the Bible's you know always always uh, comparing us to sheep, and I talked about this a few weeks ago. And sheep are some of the dumbest animals out there. And uh, left with their own devices, they, they devour everything around them and kill themselves. Like, kind of like us, right? We just devour everything around us. We ruin everything, if not being led. I know. Sorry, guys. But, but the good thing about sheep, people, this is the great thing about sheep. Sheep have incredible hearing. Sheep have amazing hearing. And they are, as a matter of fact, sheep can actually, they have such control over their ears that they can stay in one spot and turn their ears around just to catch whatever voice they're talking to. And sheep know their shepherd's voice. If another shepherd comes in and tries to give a directive to the sheep, those sheep will not follow it because they understand, they know the voice of their shepherd. And so when Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, It's because we as his sheep, we as his flock, have learned to discern his voice so that we 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 hear the encouragement, we hear the directives. Like I was talking about earlier, I know my wife's voice. As a matter of fact, if if I'm trying to have a conversation with anybody else, if I'm trying to have a conversation with you or you or you, and she is talking in the background, it is hard for me to focus on what you're saying because my ears will shift and turn and I will just, I'll pick up that voice. I can't help it. I mean, I, I'm sure some other married couples in here can, like, can testify. That I'm so used to hearing that. Like, it's hard. Like, we'll be talking. about like, I, sorry, because my wife's talking. I can't help it. I can't help it. And, and it's, it's the same thing with our saviors, that we can get to a point in our faith. We can get to uh, um, within, our, within our walk, within our Christianity, to where we can begin to pick up on his voice. Just like this, to where we can be in a conversation and he will start speaking to us and we, we can't turn it, we can't turn it off. We can't, we can't stop. He wants to speak to us. And we're seeing this through, throughout these, the, the last three churches that we've, we've read about. He wants to communicate to his people. He wants it. Because he wants to encourage us. He wants to empower us. He says, look, I've seen what you've been doing. I've seen, I've, I've, I know your deeds, your love, your faith, your service, your perseverance. I know that you're doing more than you did at first. I know that you have a growing relationship. I know that you have a growing faith. I know that, that you're progressing in your relationship here. I know that you're progressing in the way that you're being my witness in this city. I know, I know, I know. And not just growing for growing's sake. Not just growing just to grow, but growing because they're having an impact. Growing because they're, they're reaching people. Growing because they are, they're serving people. Growing because they're loving people. They're, they're growing this way. They're, they're moving in their divine calling. They're moving in their divine calling. And in first, sorry, Second Peter. In Second Peter, let me try to find it. Second Peter Chapter 1, I'm going to read a, a, a kind of a good portion of Scripture here. This is verses 3 through 11. It says this, His divine power, also known as the Holy Spirit, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness, not because of anything we've done, remember. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Meaning is that the Holy Spirit is going to empower us to live out God's will here on this earth. For this very reason, make every effort, 
That means on, in, in our lives, we need to be putting forth effort into this stuff. Add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be someone who is ineffective and unproductive in my knowledge of Jesus Christ and my relationship with him. Right? So he says, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Now, I don't know like, where your guys' vision is. Maybe it's 2020 and good for you. But when I was 10 years old, my sight started to go, and I could only see things that were near, that were in front of me. It's called being nearsighted, right? So I have to wear glasses or I wear contacts in order to see stuff that is far away in order for it to be clear. Because nearsighted, when you're nearsighted, you only see what's in front of you, and you don't see what's ahead. And Jesus is saying, for those of us who don't possess these things, we're, just, we're, we're self-focused. We're just right here, just us, just what's right in our own little sphere, our own little world. And he says, no, 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 you have to be those that are impactful. You have to be those that are growing and continuing to grow in each of these qualities so that you are productive, so that you are effective in your faith. He goes, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich Welcome to the kingdom of the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's saying, I'm giving you my divine power, the Holy Spirit, in order to live this life out, in order to do this stuff, in order to, to be impactful. It's not their own strength. This is not like so many of us as believers, we try to grow in our own strength. We try to strive in our own strength. We try to like do these things in our own strength and if you do that in your own strength, then what you're doing is you're manufacturing your faith. You're making it with your hands. And Jesus says, I want to, I want to form this in you. I want to do this in you. So I'm going to give you my divine power in order to do so. But we don't really think about the Holy Spirit much because we don't talk about it very much anymore. We don't, we don't talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit in the church any longer. I don't know why, but the early church, it was like a foundation for them. And so as you read through like these letters that are written to all these different churches, you have to know that they have a brilliant understanding of the Holy Spirit. A brilliant understanding of the Holy Spirit. They have an understanding of the gifts of the Spirit. They have an understanding that they're living this life out, this faith out, based on grace. God's empowering ability given to us for free. But we've, we've lost this. We've lost it. And I'm, I don't know, maybe it's because uh, it, it, we feel like it's spooky. Uh, maybe because we've seen it, I don't know, abused. Or, or maybe it's just because, man, I don't know, i got to be careful. But we have to know that it's readily available to us. This isn't like once, once you get to the third level of your faith, then eventually you can get the Holy Spirit. And that's readily, it says in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, that God gives good gifts to those who ask, and how much more so the Holy Spirit. We can be baptized, immersed completely in the Holy Spirit, and that allows us to live a life that is full of power. Um. Their faith was impacting other people. Does your faith impact other people? Does the Holy Spirit move in you and through you in order to impact other people?
Because there is, there, there, I mean, there, there's, there is this other thing, too, like, because right now, like, some churches, it's, it's full-on Holy Spirit. But what happens a lot of times is that the Holy Spirit, then we just keep it in here with us, and we don't let it spill out into the streets. If you look at when the Holy Spirit showed up for the very first time in Acts chapter 2, it came with such power that it spilled out the room and impacted a city, which then impacted a world. So I'm not, like, I'm, I'm all for good Holy Spirit services, believe me, I love them. I love it when the Spirit shows up and you feel his presence and, and signs and wonders and stuff start happening, but it can't, it can't stay here. It can't. You can't, like, it, it can't impact you and not impact other people. That's not what our faith is about. If the Holy Spirit is alive and active in your life, you're going to love more. You're going to serve more. You're going to, like, you're going to read, like, whatever. You're going to persevere more. You're going to be more generous it blows my mind. People will be like, oh, I just, did you feel the presence of God today? Oh, it was so good. Let's go to lunch and not tip. You know, Sundays are the worst, are like the worst days for servers. They hate it because everyone shows up from church and they're cheap. But if the Holy Spirit is alive in our lives, I think, like, we're stingy. We're, we're, some, like, again, if we're, we'll be generous. We'll be generous with our prayers. We'll be generous with our finances. We'll be generous with our serving. We'll be generous with our time. And this is what we're seeing. And this is from a people, again, that didn't have much. This was not the wealthy of the wealthy. And the enemy, the enemy wants to strip us of this power. I think maybe that's why we don't talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit anymore. But the enemy wants to strip us of this power. He wants to strip us of power and purpose, and he wants to distract us from our destiny. That's what the, that's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy, did I say that right? The enemy wants to strip us of our power and our, and our purpose and distract us from our destiny. That's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to do it. So he sends Jezebel into this church. Jezebel. I wonder if anyone ever named their kids Jezebel. <laughs> Popular names of 2020. <laughs> a girl named Jezebel was number one. Just kidding. Um, so, <laughs> no, no. Uh, so the enemy sends Jezebel to this church, and I, I love that Jesus re- rebukes them for listening to it. Anytime the, the Lord dis- disciplines us or rebukes us, it's not because he's, like, mad at us. It's because he wants good for us. And he's saying, look, you guys have tolerated. You guys have tolerated this woman. What you tolerate today affects you tomorrow. What you tolerate today affects you tomorrow. And what they maybe thought were they were just, you know, being chill with or whatnot. But, no, she began to wear on the people in the church. And she, first off, she shows up and she calls herself a prophet. She, she calls herself a, a prophet. She's a self-appointed prop, prophet. And I, this is kind of a side note, but anytime you are gifted in the prophetic or anytime you're gifted in any of the, uh, the, the gifts of the, the Spirit, um, allow your life to speak for you and allow others to promote you. So if you show up, and, a, and again, church planning, I've seen that. People are showing up and being like, well, you know, brother, I'm just a prophet in the Lord. I'm ready to just move and move in your church. Just let me move from my to let you move out, <laughs> you know. Um, <clears throat> so, okay, so she calls herself a prophet. Jesus calls her a false prophet. 
And the way that you can tell a false prophet is by the fruit of their life. In Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20, it says, Watch out for false prophets, is Jesus speaking. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. By your fruit, sorry, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from a thorn bush or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, and every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So this, this means that we have to start looking more for people that speak into your life. Look more at their character and less at their charisma. Look more at their character. What does their life speak? What is the fruit of their life? Because in today's day and age with social media and YouTube and all, you know, Instagram and who's the influencer and so on and so forth, we look more at the outward. We look more, can they command, a, you know, an audience? Are they good on a mic? Like, what is their, none of that matters. You have to look at the fruit of their life. What is their character? Who are they? Who are they off the stage? Who are they behind the scenes? Who are they? We have to, and then look at, the, again, look at the fruit of their lives. Fruit is something that is a byproduct of whether you're a good tree or a bad tree. Fruit is a byproduct of your connection with the Holy Spirit. But she was able to get in, and they wanted to hear her because basically this is what they believed at the time because they belonged to guilds and they belonged to unions. And each union or guild, they would actually, they would worship a certain God at a certain temple, certain God at a certain temple. And part of that worship was to you know, be sexual immorality, food sacrifice to idols, all sorts of stuff like that. And in order to have work, you had to, to belong to a union or a, a, you know, guild, basically the same thing. You had to belong to one of these things. And so as a believer, it was hard to then show up and be like, I can't participate in any of this stuff, which means, again, you lost work and that. So when she shows up, when Jezebel shows up, she goes, no, 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 this is all good. This is all part of the grand deal for, for Jesus. It's all part of the thing. And so they leaned into it because it made it easier for them. It made it easier for them. They, they were listening to someone who said what they wanted to hear. Like 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 says, we surround ourselves with teachers that say what our itching ears want to hear. Are you surrounding yourself with people that allow you to deviate from your purpose? Are you surrounding yourself with people to just tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear? Do you have loved ones in your life, mentors in your life that can speak into it and that they can bring rebuke, they can bring correction, they can, or they can bring encouragement? All that, like, Do you have that in your life? Who is speaking into your life? Hopefully Jesus. And hopefully you're not surrounding yourself with people like this Jezebel who are just going to prophesy what you want to hear. Um, or are you allowing people to speak? Are you tolerating people that speak into your life that steal your identity? That don't remind you of who you are in Christ? Because all these people that we're going to listen to, they eventually they eventually begin to impact us. What we tolerate will affect us. And so Jesus, 
He wants to remove those voices from your life. So he gets and he's like, look, I gave her, I gave her a shot. I gave her a chance. Jesus is gracious. Like he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna work with people. But he's like, but she's got to go. And anything else, any kind of other impact that she's had, that it just, it has to go. It has to go. And then he says to them, he goes, hold fast. Just hold fast to what you got. Hold fast. Hold on. Keep going and keep growing. Keep listening to me. Hold fast. Hold fast to me. And as, as we, we get ready to, to close, um, listen to his voice. Stay connected to his spirit. And how do you know? Like, I was thinking about this. Like, how do you know if, if you're not really listening to his voice anymore? Like, how do you know if maybe you're listening to, to some Jezebels, to some false prophets, to people that are stealing your identity or just telling what you want to hear? How do you know that maybe you're not holding fast anymore? And I think it's this. If your faith stories are from the past but not from the present, maybe you're listening to the wrong voice. If, if it's all about what used to happen in your faith, if it's all about, like, I remember when, like, stories of, like, you know, I remember when we would go out and we would pray for people. When you would or when you do? Like, are your stories of, of impact and faith-filled impact from today or are they from long ago? Because if they're from long ago, you've quite possibly stopped listening to his voice. Quite possibly you're connected with the wrong voice. Hold fast to his voice. He's going to speak to you. He's going to empower you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. His sheep know his voice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you speak to us. And God, we pray right now just for an incredible dependence upon your Holy Spirit for this life that we live. As a matter of fact, Jesus, right now, we ask, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Overwhelm us. God, we pray for a fresh baptism of your spirit. And we, God, we pray this not because we want it for ourselves, but Lord, we want to be used with more power so that we can impact this lost, hurt, and dying world. So we can impact this nation that needs you so badly. Our cities and our neighborhoods that desperately need this love, this grace, this service. And Lord, let us be like the faithful in this church that continue to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Rhythm, thanks so much for hanging out with us online. We will see you next week. Love you.